Well, hey, folks, here we are. Uh, episode 8. Uh, man, it, it gets more fun and more fun and more fun every week. Uh, it gets easier and easier and easier. And, man, we're just so grateful uh, for you guys' support. Uh, and, man, we're grateful to be back again. So, episode 8, it's going to be a good one. Uh, we've got a special guest. Uh, I'm just going to say this. We've got the name guy. We've got the name guy. Uh, for those of you that have been listening since episode one, uh, you know uh, the name guy has a special place in our hearts. Uh, I, I'll leave it at that. Uh, Jay, uh, you've got a special relationship. Um, this is awesome. We're going to have a lot of fun today. Uh, we're calling this one Competing with Humility, uh, talking about the balance of competition and wanting to play our hardest, uh, but also showing that side of humility uh, that we ought to um play with that's what we that's what we desire that's what we want Uh, but it's a really hard balance really hard hard thing to do uh but man we're so grateful to be back again episode eight um it's going to be awesome we're in such a fun place in sports right now the end of march madness is coming mlb kicks off Uh, we're going to touch on all of these things the wbc uh just closed off um man japan they got it um but hey we're going to have a great conversation today a lot of fun to talk about uh but hey jay do you want to introduce our special guest of course. So you called him the name guy. We called him the name guy on what episode one, whenever we were talking about what are we doing. The name guy does have a name. Uh, many of you probably know him. Uh, Tyler Kaprowski, guest number two. Tyler, how you doing? TK. I've, I've never called you Ty- yeah, Tyler. It's weird to hear Tyler come okay. out of your mouth. So whenever you hear TK, when you're listening to this and you hear TK, just know we're talking about Tyler. Me saying that, I think it's probably the third or fourth time I've ever <laughs> actually called you by your first name. Yeah, it's it's weird to hear, but no, great to be here. I'm excited. Um, I know I've said this to y'all, but just the fact that y'all are doing this and doing it well, too, it's just so enjoyable to listen to, and I'm just grateful to be a part of it. So appreciate you guys having me on. Well, thanks for coming on. Um, me and TK, we've known each other for, what has it been, five six years now too long too long (laughs) you might think it's too long i I don't know uh we came in we played at treveca together so we came in in the same recruiting class at treveca the fall of 2017 tk you came um from a high school in georgia you came in as a freshman i came in as a sophomore uh from rin lake a junior college up in illinois so we spent our entire career uh, at Treveca together, both in the bullpen. So we've spent a ton of time together and, in uh, the bullpen. And lifting partners, too, and at li- one point. Yep, lifting partners yeah. at one point. Uh, we were never throwing partners, though. No, thank thank the Lord for that because, I don't know, I feel like both of us together is probably yeah. not a good Yeah, good I think idea. if we would have thrown <laughs> together, it probably would not have been a good idea. It's probably because Jay throws so hard, yeah. you know, or, or is it vice versa? Tyler, Tyler would have broken your hand or you would have broken TK's hand. Well, I th- I think I remember just hearing TK throw. He would come up with some sort of pitch, and it was like the nastiest pitch that's ever been thrown in the history of baseball. Couple one seamers in there. Don't ask me what that is. Couple, but. It, it, throw some one seamers. He'd he'd throw a, a change up curveball. Call it the churve. I don't know. He developed a splitter one one time. At it. Did you ever throw the splitter in the game? No, but it was the nastiest bullpen pitch I have ever seen. Yeah. It was disgusting. Disgusting. Better, I think better I, than your splitter. I, but. Well, I, I don't know. We'll see about that. <laughs> hey, talk about humility. You know, talk yeah. about humility. Great, great <laughs> title for the episode. So, Tyler, if you didn't know, we're talking about humility today. It's going to be a great conversation. <laughs> hey, hey, we'll uh, we'll get it all out at the beginning of the episode. Uh, before we go any further, though, 
how about this? Just so the guests who or the the listeners who might not know uh, as much about you, why don't Tyler? You just tell us a little bit about your background. You know where where you grew up, your family, um, and what you're doing now. Yep, yep. So this will all tie into our stories later on, but. I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio. My whole family's from there, up in the northeast of Ohio. You know, everything's uh, worked for. Nothing's given to you. Um, lived there till I was about six. We moved down to Canton, Georgia, which is about 30 minutes north of Atlanta. So growing up, you know, Metro Atlanta was sports year-round. The weather was nice, which was huge difference between Cleveland, Ohio, and Canton, Georgia. Um, just kind of grown up there always involved in sports baseball was always my number one um kind of about sophomore year of high school I knew I wanted to play in college started pursuing that showcases all that good stuff ended up going to Trevecca as Jay mentioned um committed there fall of my senior year um came to Nashville loved it met my wife Kaylee um got married right after we graduated um and so it's just been an absolute blessing just to end up here in nashville um and ended up jay two years ago actually asked me about helping coach middle school baseball and it was an instant yes for me and it's been an absolute blessing and that is now how i know both of you so what and seriously i am so thankful that you've you've come to coach and be a part of it it's been just a total god thing and you're an amazing amazing fit and you pour into these boys uh so well and i'm thankful for too i mean we were teammates for four seasons at treveca and spent a lot of time in in locker rooms on road trips uh and in the bullpen together and just a blessing to see how honestly now since we've stopped playing like i feel way closer whenever we did and that's just it's been a uh just really cool to see how god has has developed that relationship and too i'm excited to hear what you have to share later before we get to that we've got some stuff to recap busy busy weekend sports the world baseball classic happened the championship game happened the u.s uh dropped to japan what was the score three to two but the last at bat in that game if you didn't see it came down to the last out one run ball game Shohei Otani on the mound Mike Trout at the plate probably the two best hitters or the the two best players in the world in the world baseball classic came to them I don't know about uh came down to them I don't know about you guys that was probably the most fun at bat I think I've ever watched yeah I, I would have to agree with that um so I watched an interview with Shohei Otani a month before the WBC, or really even a month before that championship game, and he said in that interview, uh, what's the one player that you're most looking forward to to hopefully facing, right? Japan and, and U.S., you didn't know if they were going to face each other um, because they weren't in the same pool. And then it ended up the two angels, right? Incredible. I mean, absolutely incredible. And it was probably the best slider I have seen um, it was unbelievable. It it was it, it touched off the plate, touched the black. But I, I read a bunch of stuff. It's like it probably would have been called strike anyways, right? It wasn't necessarily in the K zone, but it was so good that Mike Trout had to swing it. Uh, unbelievable at bat. Um, that is what you know you 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 want to see as a baseball fan. 
that's what you want to see, you know, just watching the WBC. You want to see the best compete against the best. Um, that's what we got. We get Japan. We get U.S. Hey, Japan the night before, um, again, remind me who they play. Mexico. They play Mexico. And Mexico, this is, we talked about this because we were watching it last episode while we were uh, recording. So that's what we were doing last time. Uh, and Mexico was up 3-0. Um, I think Japan hit a three-run homer to tie at 3-3. And then it was 4-3. Uh, and it looked like all, all hope was lost for Japan. And then they come to the to, to the bottom of the ninth, down two or down one rather, and they hit a, a bases loaded or a two on double to score game over five four. Uh, Japan came from 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 really out of nowhere again uh, from that game rather. Uh, they were I wouldn't say the, the favorite. I'd say the DR uh, Puerto Rico US were more the favorites, and then Japan man they crushed it. Um, they had Roki Sasaki throw. They've got Yu Darvish. Shohei Otani, and they've got this guy named, um, man, I need to f- figure his name out. It's, um, is it Matsu, uh, let's see, Masataka Yoshida? I don't know if I'm saying that right. He's a Red Sox. Yeah, he's a Red Sox now. Um, he is incredible. Left field, uh, going to be playing for the Red Sox this year. WBC, absolutely excellent, amazing. Wish the U.S. had won, but man, what a great game it was. Great baseball. That was one of my favorite things that I've got to watch in a long, long time. I know we've t- touched it a lot. We've talked about it a lot. Um, man, that was a lot of fun. That was awesome. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I think they, uh, they call it, I saw the slogan said a lot. I think it was kind of around home plate where it says the, uh, world baseball classic, a festival of baseball. And that's really what it was. Like, it felt like a, like a celebration, uh, a ton of people tuned in and watched. I think it was more popular than air than ever. I want to read this stat that I saw about, uh, Mike Trout's last at bat. So if you watched it, it came down to a full count. Mike Stru- uh, Mike Trout ended up striking out swinging on probably the best slider I think I've ever seen. He swung and missed on three pitches in that at bat. Fastball, fastball, and then a slider. He has only swung and missed at three pitches in one at bat 24 times in his entire career. His entire career is over 6,000 plate appearances. That is crazy. And he's only done that 24 times. That is absolutely insane. I don't know. TK, did you get to watch that game? So I didn't get to watch the game, but I watched that last at bat. And there's just no perf- There's no better way for that whole tournament to end, right? And I always say this as a pitcher the best pitch you can throw is the one the batter doesn't think is coming. Otani was up there, just let one go at 102, painting corners at 100. 3-2, full count, two outs. Mike Trout is 100% waiting for a fastball. You are not sitting on a slider in that moment. And Otani just, the the conviction in that too. Like he wasn't like, oh, I got to get this over. I got to land this. He just let it go just like he would with the fastball. And it was a beautiful pitch. I wish it was, you know, the U.S. doing it to Japan, but it was just for the sport of baseball it was just fantastic to see yeah it was excellent um like you said he had blown by 200 plus mile per hour fastballs yeah right mike trout was late i was sitting there it was like man i was sitting watching with jay and and uh, one of my best friends hank and i was sitting there thinking i was like man just like mike trout just do something just do something like that would be incredible uh ended up being late and it, like you said best slider ever um awesome awesome game and then with with, with otani being able to just 
scream and see him celebrate. Uh, not something that he's going to be able to do with the Angels, uh, which we might touch on <laughs> later. Uh, some bold predictions. We'll take some MLB bold predictions later. Um, but, yeah, he's not going to really be, be able to celebrate uh, an AL West <laughs> championship or really even an AL championship with the Angels. So I'm glad that he got something. Glad that he got something, a championship with uh, Team Japan. Uh, well, man, the WBC, it was awesome. Uh, you know what else has been going on? March Madness. Uh, March Madness update. Um, for those of you that heard, let's see, my my bold predictions before uh, March Madness started and then didn't hear last week but maybe hearing this week, um, UC Irvine didn't make the tournament. Uh, I said UC Irvine would make the tournament. I said Texas A&M would have a good you know, kind of roll with it. Uh, they got crushed by Penn State first round. Uh, my champion, the Alabama Crimson Tide, lost last night. Um, I'm not looking good. It's not looking good for me. Um, it's not looking good for me at all. No one seeds. No one seeds. Uh, no one seeds. TK, you were pretty out of this bracket challenge that we've been doing, uh, but now you've got some hope. Tell me about that hope. <laughs> <laughs> so I started out with probably the worst bracket in America until Jay, you know, his bracket really kicked in. But I, yeah, my, mine is definitely the way it is. I cannot <laughs> believe how bad it is. I feel like whenever I pick teams, they're automatically cur- like cursed. I feel bad. To, I filled out a Sweet 16 bracket, and I've gotten one game right out of all. So I just I feel like I'm cursing teams at this point when I pick them to win. And to give everyone some background, I did not watch a second of college basketball until March Madness. So I'm filling out the bracket, looking at points given up points scored per game just kind of feeling out probably overthinking everything and I was a huge 12 seed over five seed so that didn't really happen that much this year so the beginning of my bracket was terrible however I still have a chance because I have UConn in the final four and I've got Gonzaga getting to the game they're at now so I need UConn to win and then I also need go Huskies yeah and then I also need Texas to lose so that way, Parker and Steve are out of it for me. So if that happens, I pull off probably the biggest comeback in bracket challenge history. You might, if that happens, you might actually have the biggest upset of the year, right? Far, yeah. Fairleigh yeah. Dickinson or whatever the the school is, they'll have to take a step down. TK has the biggest upset of the year if that happens. It's it's not about how you start; it's about how you finish. Right? Well, I told you guys last week that you know I'm not going to be. Um, well, the, the biggest upset that we should look out for was when you guys are all upset when the Alabama Crimson Tide win it all. Uh, that's not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> looks like I'm the one that's being the most upset, um, you know, besides Purdue and besides all that good stuff. Um, let, me, let me say this. I'll, I'll claim a winner. You want to claim a winner? Well, well, I'll claim a winner, just kind of some bold predictions. Um, let me just say this. Whoever Jay chooses uh, <laughs> will not be the winner. Okay, we'll just go with that right now. Um, and, and I would I would even say that whoever I say will be the winner will also probably not win. Uh, so 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 let me say who I think will win and who I want to win. Um, right now I'm rolling with uh, Kansas State. I love their coach. I love their players. They are really really fun to watch. Uh, Marquise Noel, their point guard, had 19 assists in one game the other day. He had 10 in the first half. Uh, easy double 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 machine with assists. Uh, dude, the dude is like five eight also. Dude's like 5'8", has range, uh, like nobody's business from behind three. Uh, dude is a beast. Uh, I like um, Keontae Johnson. I think that's his name. I hope that's his name. Uh, and then their coach is just a straight, uh, amazing, straight-up Christian man. Doesn't care um, what people think about what he says. Like, in the locker room, he's going to give up exactly what he thinks. Um, and he's going to just share um, 
what he's passionate about. That's God's word uh, with his team. And he, he loves his kids. He loves the game. And he says, hey, I heard a, uh, a quote that he says, like, man, this is just straight up ministry. Like what he gets to do with basketball is ministry. Um, and he loves that he gets to do it through the game of basketball. So what an incredible coach that he is. So I'm cheering for them to win. I love what they've got. I love, um, you know, I don't know. I just love, I love what they have. I love their, also their purple uniforms. Their light purple uniforms are really, really pretty. Um, and then let's see, I, I think they could win it. I really do think they could win it. Um, I really also think Texas, uh, I'm going Texas to win it. Texas to win it. Texas is the hottest team right now, I think. Uh, yeah, UConn's playing great as well. But I really do think Texas is just, they're beating everybody by a lot. Uh, and they didn't even have one of their best players play last night. I think they won by like 20. So I'm going Texas to win it. Kansas State is my favorite. Like, I would like for them to win it. TK, what do you got? I Partly because I need them to win, but I'm rolling with UConn. And don't ask me how. I have very little basketball knowledge, but I just got a feeling. And I feel like Texas is a safe pick, and I feel like that's probably what I would have picked, and then they would have lost. So I'm, I'm, I'm rolling with the UConn Huskies. There we go. I uh, Again, I'm going to apologize. I'm going to pick two teams. I'm going to apologize to both of them because since I'm picking, they might lose. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with Texas. I think Texas could do it. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to give any basketball insight. Uh, probably unpopular opinion. I do like their orange. I think I like the burnt orange. I'm a fan of that. I just want to see people hold uh, horns up in the stands at a national title game uh, in basketball. I think that might be fun. Uh, the second one that I'm going to pick is I the, actually this don't, is don't say UConn. This is not going to be what I pick. It's what I hope happens. If the Florida Atlantic Owls end up pulling this thing off. I'm going to be that would just be the perfect way to end this tournament. So I I don't think it's going to happen, but I want Florida Atlantic to win so bad. They're a 9 seed. I don't who would, do you guys know who the highest seed to have ever win a tournament is? It's a good I, question. I don't know. I don't know. It, they're a 9 seed. So if they did it, I don't know it. It might be them. I would love to see them do it. I think Texas uh will just because I don't know. They're the highest seed left. I like their color. They seem to be playing good basketball. That's, <laughs> that's good. Based off of that, I might win this bracket challenge then since okay. he picked Texas. Did somebody tell you that they were playing good basketball? Yeah, I think kind of like your uh, UC Irvine situation. I think I heard that they were playing good basketball. So go go Texas. The thing I'll say about that, though, is that uh, that person's not, not telling you a fib. Okay, They're not telling you a fib like they told me a fib. Uh, told me, hey, UC Irvine, awesome basketball. Projected 11 seed, didn't make tournament. That's a fib if I've ever heard one. Texas Longhorns playing great basketball. I will say, uh, so of my original final four teams that I had picked, Purdue obviously out, Kansas is out, Arizona is out. The last final four team that I have in is Texas. So if they can just go as far as they can uh, – I'm going to get hopefully my maximum amount of points that I'm able to and maybe not get last in some of the bracket challenges. Yep. It's yep. looking good for me. Yep, yep. <laughs> it, it, it's me and Steve at the top right now out of us four. Um, but, TK, you've got, you know, some room to go. When I lost my champion last night in Alabama, I lost a ton of points on the table. So, um, 
you know, we've we've got a, a punishment here, um, and so whoever whoever loses, uh, maybe maybe we'll we'll um, think about it. Y'all y'all think of the punishments on the podcast. Y'all y'all throw them at us at the uh, Field of Faith podcast um, on Instagram, and we will uh, probably not do them. But we'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, how about that? Y'all think that's a good idea? I think that's fair. I yeah. think so. Just uh, just take it easy. Take it easy on those punishments if you're thinking of some. Yeah, how about that? Uh, all right, well, here we go. We love the WBC. We love March Madness. But what we also love is really relating all of this and talking about what really matters, and that is uh, the heart of the gospel. Uh, and what we want to do with this podcast is find our passions of sports and the gospel and find the intersection of the two. Uh, how do they work together in sports? How do we bring the gospel in? Uh, we've talked about playing free and playing loved. Right, we've talked about so many different ways that we, um, man, we've talked about different habits, right, and things that we want to do as we enjoy sports and just the way that we uh, hope to, you know, find ourselves competing and, and everything like that. Uh, as we move about the things that we're passionate about in sports and, and talking about that uh, today, we're talking about this idea of competing with humility. That might be one of the hardest things to do. Um, if you're anything like me, um, you know, when you hit a three in a church ball game, uh, you want people to know it. Uh, if you're like me and you smoke one, you know, into the outfield um, and a base hit, like you want people to know it. Uh, you take a bag or you read something really good and, and, and you make a great play. It's like you want people to know. Um, if you're anything like me as well, um, you like to dress or you do like to dress real swaggy. You like the arm sleeve. You like the tape. You like the glasses. You like the eye black. You like the high socks. You like the stuff. Uh, you're like me. Uh, I loved people to be the eyes on me. Uh, when you're competing, it's easy to have the eyes on you, man. Hey, this is all about me, 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 me. Uh, but really what we're taught in the gospel is like, man, it's actually about others. Uh, something that I hear often here at CPA and that I learned was uh, this idea of being Christ-centered and others-focused. Uh, who does that take the attention off of? It takes it off of yourself. And so here in, in competing, right, it, you're the one competing, especially in the game of baseball. Yes, it's a team sport, but when you're on the hill, TK, you're going to talk about kind of competing on the mound. Like you and Jay, y'all were pitchers. Um, the ball is in your hands. It, it, it's you to make a play um, and, and, and make the pitch. Let's let's talk about this. So, so TK, I'm going to pose you this question. Jay, we'll pose him some questions. Let me pose TK the first question. Uh, I want to hear your thoughts. Uh, Jay, you answer this as well, maybe. Uh, but TK, we'd love to just hear your thoughts. When we're competing, why is it important to compete with humility? Uh, and what's so difficult about that? I mean, it's so hard, uh, but why is it important that we want to compete with humility? And why is this something that you're, that you're passionate about? So first off, I think just this topic in general, like it wasn't something that was really talked about or I've never really heard about. You know, everything I heard was like compete, win, you know, beat the other guy. Um, and that mindset, I had that mindset. Um, and... I think it started to take a toll at me as I matured, grew my faith. And I was sitting there thinking like, all right, if my sole goal is to put down someone else, how does that tie into the gospel? Where is that at in the gospel and in my faith? And what is that, you know, putting out there? Um, is that what I want to be doing? And so I think it's so difficult because we are taught that, right? The whole point of competing um, is to win, right? And in order to do that, someone else has got to lose. Um, and just that mindset and having, I don't know, I feel like you just, it's a tough part to go out there and because you want to have an edge as well. And so for me to find that edge 
it was a whole mindset change of not competing against the other guy and wanting to beat the other guy. It was how do I use myself to get the most out of the gifts that God has given me? And how do I compete with myself? That way it doesn't matter, you know, if I beat the other guy, I'm competing with myself. Yeah. And I, uh, I love how you put that too. Like really what it comes down to is how do, how do I maximize these abilities or or these gifts that, that God has given me? And it's such a hard, hard line to walk because like you were saying, like we want to compete with an edge, right? We want to, we want to be competitive. Obviously, if we are, if we're playing the game and we say, we say wins and losses don't matter. That's true. Like at the end of it, they our last season at Treveca, like I, I don't, I'm not sure of the exact win total we had. Like I, I forgot about it. Uh, but if you're playing, you, you do want to win. If you're out there, you want to compete, you want to compete with an edge. At the same time, you do want to find uh, ways to maximize the abilities that God has given you. Um, and I love the fact too, that, that you're sharing about this because you were probably, and still are like one of the fiercest competitors. I think I played with, like every time you got the ball and went on the mound, you just, you wanted to do your job. You wanted to do it the best you could. Um, and that in and of itself was fun to watch. And I think also it makes you a really good, uh, person to talk about this topic. Um, and it's, it's, as your teammate now, uh, someone who coaches with you, it's fun to just sit down and have this conversation. Um, and you've got some stories too, that you're going to share here in a little bit. Um, so next question we just, we want to ask is how do you find the balance of fiercely competing? Like we just talked about while not wanting to belittle your opponent, because that is kind of a fine line to, to walk at times. Yeah, so I think that just kind of goes back to, right, competing with yourself. Like, if I'm out there and I'm competing against myself, doing the best that I can do, say that's throwing a fastball right on the outside corner. Well, if I do that and the dude hits a home run off of it, which has happened before, then there's nothing more I can do, right? The only thing I can control as a pitcher and in that moment is whenever I let go of that ball, after that, nothing else is in my control, whether it's ball or strike. Um, so I think having that mindset, and I can share some stories here and just kind of give my perspective of what I went through with all of this and like how I just at one point had a constant battle in my head of guilt and everything that you probably don't want when you're out there competing. So, And Jay, Jay got a first first row seat to all of this. So... I come to Trebekah freshman year. I have a pretty decent year. Um, and I came in, was able, I think I pitched every weekend as a freshman, which in college I feel like is pretty rare. But in that moment, I, I guess I took that for granted to be now able to have that opportunity. Yeah, you pitched. You, I'm not sure the numbers, but you threw a lot your freshman year. I'd say as far as like a freshman season goes, I mean, it was it was an awesome, awesome year. Yeah, I would say it was probably my best year of all four years. But I just remember as a freshman, um, and like I said, I grew up, grew my faith, uh, matured a little bit. But as a freshman, I had that mindset of like, I'm going to put this other person down. Like, I'm going to go up there and like at some points it was like, I want to make 
this person, like embarrass them. And as I grew my faith and matured, I just had a constant battle with that because it was like I felt guilty for that other person having that mindset. So then I'm up there on the mound just trying to fabricate an edge, right? And I didn't know how to do that. And Jay saw the flip side of this where the next year I did not have such a great year. It was probably my worst year ever. And I feel like a lot of it was not my physical abilities at all. Nothing had changed from freshman year to soft actually I think I got even better my stuff was better but just my mindset and I was in this constant battle um and I couldn't figure out how to get that edge back and I was trying to fabricate it still trying to be like oh do I just need to go back to trying to be this fierce competitor that just puts down everyone that is on the other side of me um and I struggled with that the whole year and it wasn't until probably junior year I would say right before the season where I had a total mindset change and that went from um, just trying to put someone else down to trying to be the absolute best that I could be and then anything past that so be it there's nothing more I can do right and I feel like I got my edge back on that and I think it showed um, just not that performance and numbers mean anything but just my overall enjoyment of the game because I was at a point sophomore year where I was just like all right why am I doing this like this just isn't even fun anymore and it took the fun out of the game that I've loved playing my whole life um and so just having that mindset change really helped me um and really helped me mature outside of baseball too because this was something that you can pull outside of sports and just use in general in life like how do you like I want to wake up be the best follower of Christ I can be. I want to wake up, be the best husband I can be, and friend, relationships, all of that. How can I be the possible best self that I can be in this life? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's, uh, I think that's really good, and I appreciate you sharing that. Um, and to the difference in just the differences in, in certain seasons in baseball too, um, in any sport. Like if you're listening to this and you and you play any sport, you know that um, – you know, every season is different. Every weekend is different. Every series uh, you play in is different. Every tournament you play in is different. Um, I remember one time, I think it was my, my first year at Treveca, and you know this, TK, because you were there. Uh, I, did, I did not play well at all. I did not, uh, I did not pitch well. I was kind of in the, in the battle for, for playing time, and I finally had like a couple of times where – uh, a couple games in a row where I pitched okay and then got in one and it was a tight ball game it was against Alderson Broadus <laughs> which I mean no one probably knows where that school is it's somewhere in West Virginia I think uh, but close ball game and like I go in and give up give up like a double walk a guy give up a home run or something right and and then in my head I'm like well I lost the guy I'm competing against like you know, I, well, I'm, I'm probably not going to play a ton now because of this home run that I gave up. And then, like you said a second a second ago, it got to a point where I remember vividly, like that night I was just praying. I was like, God, I, I don't even know if I'm enjoying this. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm not even sure why I'm, why, why I'm here. And you're trying to find that edge. You're trying to develop that edge. Um but almost, and I felt like I faced times where I was doing it for the wrong reasons. It was like I would do it because I would want to play. 
or I would just want to beat the person, whoever I was going up against. Um, and that's a and that's a tough place to be in too. But it is cool to hear now and too, just to be able to reflect a few years down the road to look back and see how God has used those moments to allow us to see, hey, you know what? I I just want to be the best that I can be today for your glory. God. And it reminds me of a verse we we talked about in the first episode of the podcast. Um, in First Corinthians, it says, so whatever, so whether you eat, drink, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God, right? If, if you're on the mound, if, if you're, you're in the box, if, if you're, if you're just, um, waking up and, and just going to spend time in the word, like whatever, whatever we do, it's, it's all for the glory of God. Yeah, I love, I love how you say that and, and really bringing it back to what matters is that's the call. Um, that's one of the hardest things to do as well. Uh, there's a song uh, by Stephen Curtis Chapman, and, and it's called Do Everything. And it goes, it, it just kind of talks about the everyday, um, the, the, the things that we do. We make our bed. <laughs> we pick up stuff, right? <laughs> it talks about, a, I think, a toddler that's Cheerios and pick, picking up, you know what I mean, just like all this stuff. Like, how can we do that to glorify God? So it's just really this, this battle of what we want to do. Um, I think that song gives it a, a good address of that. And, and you know what, what else it makes me think about is the text in Mark 8 uh, and actually Mark 9 as well where it says this. Uh, and this is, this is the battle itself. It says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake in the gospel will save it. How does that play into right being competitive but being humble? And, and, and that's the battle. We've been called to be... Um, what Christ centers others focused um, and, and, and not have this attention on us, right? If you want to gain your life, you'll lose it ultimately. And it says this again, if anyone will be first, he'll be last and servant of all. How do we balance that, right? That, that's the battle that we're in. How do we balance that with saying, man, well, I want to compete and I want to win. Um, and it's this, this idea of humility, man. Um, Coach Nesbitt, you know, he says this often, like humility flows from a grateful heart. You know, humility flows from a grateful heart. That to me is an incredible statement that he says, um, when we're truly grateful for what other people are doing, when we're grateful for the situations that we're in, for where the Lord has placed us, uh, man, we can finally and truly be humble uh, because we, we realize that we didn't put ourselves in the situation to begin with. Uh, and so that really does make us think about this final question that we want to have for you, TK, and we'd love to really hear thoughts from everyone. How can we do that? Uh, how can we, and, and, and what does it mean uh, to use our gifts, oh, the way that the Lord has created us, uh, for His glory? Uh, towards him, pointing them towards him. And then what does it look like on the baseball field? Um, how can we relate that? <laughs> I mean, giving God the glory in all things is very hard, uh, especially on the baseball field. Um, how, how can we do all of these things and, and really bring it, you know, to one central idea? It's tough. Yeah, and I feel like this is not an easy concept. It's easy to put the words out there and the thoughts, but when you're actually in it, it is not an easy thing. So I can... <laughs> I can share some stories just to show you the difference from when I was in the competing against someone else, beating the other person versus doing the best that I can do and just glorifying God. So freshman year, it's a funny story now, but (laughs) it was not funny to me during it. So like I said, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, lived in Georgia since I was six. And so everybody, all my family from both sides are still up in Cleveland and we play Lake Erie College in our conference, who is in Cleveland. And so all of my family, family friends from Ohio have just seen 
you know, my mom's Facebook post of us playing baseball, me and my brothers and sports and stuff, but no one had really actually seen me play. And we get the chance to go up to Cleveland to play Lake Erie. And I think I have, I have more people there for me than everyone else yeah. combined. Yeah. No, we were that we play. I'm not even sure the team name, but Lake Erie uh, Storm. college, the, the, the storm, storm. Yeah. their home field is like the Cleveland guardians, like, single a affiliate the lake county captains yeah yeah yeah. so we're we're in this like minor league ballpark and i bet of the fans there i bet probably 70 to 75 percent of them were it was tk's family yeah and mind you a lot of these people i haven't seen for years too and it was a family reunion at the ballpark (laughs) yeah and pretty much all of them like literally is the first time that they have the chance to get me to see uh see me play baseball and so (laughs) It's the ninth inning. We're winning three to two. I come in and I get two outs. Runners on first and second. Bottom of the order up. And I'm thinking, well, I'm going to pull this off, right? Get the save in front of all of these people. How great is this going to be? Bottom of the order comes up. And uh, here's a lesson about not underestimating your opponent either. I'm thinking, all right, just get one over, right? Bottom of the order, just get one over, get ahead. And I let go of a fastball. And this left-handed batter cranks it to right field. It went a long way. It was a (laughs) bomb. Two outs, two outs. Just needed one more out. And immediately, I just, I'm enraged, right? And just taken over by this just rage. And mind you, this was, by the way, the only home run I had given up all year that year. And so I'm sitting there thinking, like, why why now, right? And I'm just so mad. And I go in the dugout, slam the door to the bathroom, and just really just doing things I probably shouldn't. And I think a lot of this was tied to that mindset of, you know, I am trying to beat this other person. They beat me, right? And so because I was in that mindset, in my mind, I was so mad because I lost. The other person beat me. Instead of thinking, well, I just went up there, you know, and did the best possible thing that I could do and use my gifts to the best of my abilities. And so, of course, I had all the external factors in it too, and I had to act happy right after that to see all these people that I haven't seen in years. Uh, but fast forward uh, to my senior year where I had that change of mindset and we were playing Ohio Valley, which is not even a school anymore, and Parkersburg, West Virginia. Um, Where? Parkersburg, <laughs> West Virginia. Where? Parkersburg, West Virginia. I don't know. Nobody except me and Jay have probably been there. I was in. I wouldn't go there. I would stay away personally. Been there. Been there twice. <laughs> uh, I will. I will only go there two times in my entire life. Stay away from Parkersburg, West Virginia. And and the reason we're saying this is because the kids at that school, which is not even a school anymore, playing baseball, they're playing it for the love of the game. They're not going to that school just to go to that school and get an education, which, like we said, it's not a school anymore. Like, they were there for the love of the game. And we play four-game series in college and we had already won three of the games. Me and Jay had actually pitched the day before. Um, I threw like 
two innings. I had thrown that Wednesday, too. We played Belmont, actually. I had thrown two innings there and then threw two innings on Friday. Um, So my arm was just absolutely shot on Saturday, rolling up. I'm running my sprints because I'm thinking I'm done for the weekend, right? And we get in this battle of this last game, and it's, I think it's two to two, something like that, like a very low yeah, scoring was game. Two to two, three to three, something like that. Yeah, and we're just running through pitchers, right? And we're getting to the bare bones. I don't even know what pitchers we had left at that point. And I'm wearing my turfs, like, it, it, the other team, too, they're just loving the game, having a blast, which fired them up, fired us up. So it was just a highly competitive game. And I run down to our coach and I'm like, Hey, <laughs> I might not have my best stuff, but like, I want to, I want to get out there. Like this just, it looks too fun not to be a part of. And they're like, look at each other. And they're like, all right, yeah, go ahead. So I go sprinting down to the bullpen, throw my cleats on, throw about eight pitches, get out there. Uh, first inning, shut them down. It's still tied. Um, we don't score again. So go back out there for the second inning and starts off. We had like a little bloop hit, um, to second base. We didn't get the out, um, threw one away, dude got on second. And then this batter comes up, the lefty who was their first baseman who absolutely loved the game of baseball. And you could tell was just having a blast when he's playing. This dude's like diving into fences and light poles. They had like, telephone poles yeah there were like the telephone poles on the field he played with so much energy though yeah so he comes up and i throw him a fastball and he squeaks it through the infield dude for them scores they win the game and so this situation i had been in there before with a completely different reaction because now my mindset was shifted to that was the best that i can do as soon as that ball left my hand that's all that I could do, right? And I did the best of my abilities. I don't know why it happened. It doesn't really matter why it happened, but it did. And just the difference from freshman year, you know, being mad, slamming the door, just being so upset to now, we're walking out to the bus and they're cleaning up their field, um, which I feel bad for them that they had to clean up that field. It was... It was, it was pretty rough, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, we're walking through the bus, and that guy that hit the walk-off is walking with a couple of his teammates, and I just went up to him, and I was like, I think I, my exact words were like, dude, they need to put you in some, like, bubble wrap out here. Like, you were getting after it. Like, if anyone deserved that, it was you, because they went nuts after it. I think, I don't know, we were, I think we were ranked at that point, had a bunch of wins. I don't know how many wins they had, but you could tell they were pumped up. And I came up to him and said that, and he was, like, taken back at first moment. And then he was like, oh, yeah, thanks, man. Like, I really appreciate it. Like, good luck. Um, Which is a totally different reaction that I had compared to freshman year. Like, freshman year, if I walked past the dude that hit the walk-off on me, probably wouldn't have had such a nice (laughs) word for him. But, I, I mean, we teach our kids playing here at CPA to play, you know, free and loved. And I think I was able to do that with that mindset change, right? Because it wasn't, I wasn't tied up in what anyone else did except for myself. And if I'm doing the best that I can do, then I can play free and loved and I can pass that on to others too when they have their moments and stuff like that, even if it is the opponent. 
because I know in my heart there's nothing more I could have done. Yeah, man, I uh, I gotta say that's you just shared that story a little bit right before we recorded, and that's such an amazing story. I was totally unaware of that. Um, I will say though, for for the people listening, what I do remember is we were. Where was it? Parkersburg, West Virginia. Is that, <laughs> you don't so, worry about it. You'll never so, go there. So we were somewhere in, in West Virginia. And after that, after that game, uh, again, it, we, play four ga- we played four-game series. It was the last game of the series. Um, and we, we, we lost the last game. So after that, we have a probably eight-hour bus ride like back to Nashville. And, it, and, it's, and it's late. Um, brutal brutal it, it was, by the way it, it was a it was a rough bus ride um and with with tk being the last like with, with you being the last pitcher that game right it it would have been understandable for you to to just kind of sit and, and be on your own and, and not really like talk to anybody on the way home which i used i used to be like that when moments like that had happened freshman sophomore year that's how i was yeah and it and I remember, like that that bus ride home, like you, it was like you were acting the same on the bus ride home as you did on the bus ride there before we had played any games, and you were acting the same as you were in the bullpen um, before. And I think it's just really cool how you were able to keep that like steady. And to that story, I think perfectly uh, just kind of summarizes the episode or the the name of this episode, which is competing with humility. Right, you went out. You competed the best that you could that game. Right, you competed the best you could, and at the end of it, and it happens sometimes. Like it, it, it worked out for the other team, and for you to go up to that guy after the game and and say, "Hey, like basically, great job. Like you deserved that." That yeah. is that shows so much humility maturity I mean I, I'm thankful to hear that and that's such an example to so many people that are listening too and and I'll tell you this that moment right we lost the game I got walked off on and to be able to do that and have that freedom to go up to him and say that felt a lot better than any of the other times in the old mindset where I beat the dude and was hooping and hollering because I put another person down right that moment where I lost in quotations felt better than the moments where I won in the other mindset. Yeah, it's it's a pretty special thing um, when we can give honor and credit, you know, where credits due instead of crushing the opponent um, and just stomping all over him and and really, um, I don't know, being so prideful and say, hey, look at me, look what I've done. Um, but how humbling is it when somebody? <laughs> rips one off of you and you can learn to say man like you crushed you know you crushed it um that, that's a cool thing um and it's so hard um that's what we want to teach and and if we want to teach it we we need to do that as well um and so man that is i'm encouraged by your story um i think the people out here will be as well you put it in such a good perspective of uh the mind shift that that, that we ought to have um, the mind shift that's so difficult, but the mind shift that will really, really transform uh, the way that you play, the way that you compete. Uh, man, it, it, you know, it's not so much just giving high fives and good game after the game. I mean, we all do that. Uh, but even going that step further is like, man, you competed hard today. You made me better by the way that you competed. You know, thinking about it that way. Um, yesterday in the middle school game, you know, the other team that we played, they made some good plays. 
Uh, and, you know, I want to learn to say, man, like, hey, man, great play. You know, hey, coach, great game. And you coached really, really well today, giving them credit um, and not just saying, man, we won. Um, see, you, see you next time. Hey, we'll beat you again next time. And it's like, man, hey, thanks for making us better today by the way you played. Um, I think you got made better by those guys, you know, that nuke that that guy hit off of you. Uh, I wish I could have seen Jay before we started talking. He was like, yeah, that was a bomb. I'm like, yeah, he crushed it. Um, I mean, that that probably humbled you there. Um, And just, you know, one of those moments that you won't forget, uh, which is pretty special. So, uh, man, I'm grateful for your story. I'm grateful for y'all's experience in college baseball. Um, That's pretty awesome. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, uh, just just so thankful for your story. And kind of just wrapping up to, like, we tk you just you shared lessons that you learned right in in college with competing and i feel like during my time too like god taught me a lot and and brought me through a lot to teach and i as a coach too i'm sure you guys can echo this like i feel like i'm still learning to compete with humility um and god continues that work in our lives you know whether it's you're learning that in a middle school baseball game playing as an eighth grader or you're a junior in high school playing and competing if you're a freshman in college uh, a fifth year senior in college if you are a coach right god continues to teach us those use these situations to teach us these lessons and it just goes to show how beautiful how beautiful of a process just just sanctification is and man tk um Thank you so much just for for sharing those stories. It's just just such an encouragement and just um, man, so so cool, so cool to see that um, firsthand too. Yeah, and I'll say this: it's also you know a lesson from this too is just having faith and trust in God's plan. Right in those moments, I'm thinking there's no possible way this like turns out good for me. Right, and years down, I can look back. You know, I think it's you know kind of cliche to say it's hard to do it's easier to say and harder to do um to have trust and faith in god's plan but you know i'm i'm sure we all have stories firsthand of you know years down the road it was probably hard to understand and get in the moment but you know just the lessons that he can teach us through sports in general too about just life in general it's it's really cool yeah 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 man it, it it is really cool see that's the uh that's really the heart behind the podcast you know um that interaction um and really that just the way that they meet um and how how we can be better um you know not some self-improvement program is like man how can our mind shift you know begin to shift and say man i want to i want to compete with humility um use the gifts that god's given me and man use it for his glory not for mine something that somebody taught me and i'll close it with this man it's not for our kingdom uh, it's for his kingdom. You know, we're not fighting against each other. We're fighting against a common enemy. Um, when we think about that, fighting against a common enemy and not each other, I think that'll change a lot. See, that common enemy is the enemy, the devil, who prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Um, it's not me versus you versus somebody else. Uh, it's fighting for, um, fighting. sorry, rather, fighting against the same thing. Um, and so, I, I don't know, thinking about it that way, man, the gospel, uh, would that change us? Would it shape us? Would it transform us? Because that's what the power of the gospel does. It transforms. Um, and if it is transformative, then it shapes and changes us. So, man, what an encouraging word that is. So, TK, thanks, man. Um, this is this is awesome. So, hey, uh, let me let me say this real quick, too. Um, the MLB season, okay, it's right around the corner. Five days? Is it five days? I want to say they, 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 they first pitch is on the 30th. Yeah, I think uh, first pitch is on the 30th, so it's sneaking up on us. It's, it's, it's going to be here. Um, my favorite time of year, 
I will be watching the Braves. Um, <laughs> now, we play the Nationals, and we face – here's just one thing I'll say real quick. The I think the worst pitcher in the MLB. Do you know who I'm thinking about, either of you? Quick question. Who, who we think the worst pitcher in the MLB is? Opening day starter? I, 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 don't no even, I don't even know who pitches for the Nationals now. I, I, I really don't know. Patrick Corbin. I think Patrick Corbin, and, and, and I know he's the opening day starter. I think, and I, I'm not even joking, I legitimately think he is the worst pitcher. Like, I'll say starting pitcher. Okay, I'll categorize it that way. Worst starting pitcher in the MLB. Um, I'm, not, I'm not joking. See, they traded him, right? I think it was from Arizona. Uh, might be Arizona. I don't remember. I thought I they either got him in a trade or he signed uh, signed a deal in free agency. I think the only reason he's starting is because of how much his checks say. That's exactly what it is. He, again, I don't remember if it was a trade or if it was a sign, but that's exactly why he's starting, and I think he's horrible. So I'm grateful that the Braves get to tee off, hopefully, against the lefty of um, him himself. Uh, should be good. Uh, but here we go. MLB season's here, five days away. Uh, so what we're going to do – we're going to take each other and go a few bold predictions. Uh, Jay had set the mark at three, uh, and I'll be honest with you guys. I, I have four, and in those four, there's like 12. Um, and so I'm going to I'm gonna say a few. Uh, this is what I get passionate about. I care about this stuff. Um, so I'll let one of you guys go first um, if you've got them, if you want to share them. Um, we'll talk MLB bold predictions, You know, maybe something including, hey, what's your World Series? Who are your award winners? Maybe some season props, trade predictions, win totals, best record, worst record, something along the lines of that home run leader. A few bold predictions that we think um, might happen this year, um, and then we'll go from there. Man, we'll see how good our baseball knowledge really is. Yeah, I guess this is, uh, is going to put it to the test. Uh, we'll see. Now, we can go, since we each have three bold predictions, we can just do one apiece and, and go around if that's good with you guys. Uh, my first bold prediction, Parker, you were kind of trashing on the Orioles a little bit in our, in our last episode, talking about uh, spring training. My first uh, bold prediction is I think the Orioles are going to make the playoffs this year. They have not made the playoffs since 2016, so it's been a while since, since they've been there. But they've got a lot of uh, a lot of young guys. Adley Rutschman came up last year. Uh, they have two of the top Rookie of the Year candidates for the AL. They've got uh, Gunnar Henderson, Grayson Rodriguez, uh, who's a dude on the mound. They've got some other guys who are going to come up as well. Uh, they finished. They did finish above uh, 500 last year. So they were 83 and 79, finished in fourth place. Now I I still. I think that they're going to make the playoffs this year. Are they going to win the AL East? No, I wouldn't go that far. The AL East is a gauntlet. Like, it is a tough division, but I think they find their way in the playoffs. Let me make a quick comment. I guess we can we can make comments on the prediction. Is that cool if we do that? I think that'll be fair. Because I, there's something I want to say there. Um, I think you're right. They've got the, the rookies that are here. But let me say this. They're not the New York Jets. Okay, this is my opinion. They're not the New York Jets. What I what do I mean by that? You're probably asking. Um, that's football. Uh, the New York Jets. Okay, they got Sauce Gardner, unbelievable six three corner, best corner in the league. Uh, they had Garrett Wilson, rookie of the year. They had both sides of the ball, rookie of the year. Um, yes, they've got a pitcher. Yes, they've got a hitter. But I don't think. See, the Jets have been doing that for a long time as well, right? They've been rebuilding, rebuilding, rebuilding. Um, now to where they can go spend. The Orioles don't go spend. Right, they don't go spend on anybody. They've got 
Um, like their starting lineup, just like I said, I, I watched them in spring training. They were horrible. Now Gunnar Henderson was not there. Adley Rutschman did not play as well. I, I'll give that to you. They didn't play. Um, but I, at the same time, I just don't think they're great. Uh, playoffs sounds, you know, like a bold prediction, especially being in the AL East. Uh, the Yankees are just unbelievable. The Blue Jays, I think, are going to be fine as well. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see with that. But Orioles, hey, that's a good bold prediction. That is a bold prediction. All right, uh, TK, your bold prediction. My first bold prediction, and this will be interesting to see play out, but I've got the Mariners winning the AL West over the Astros. Astros World Series champs have been arguably probably the best baseball MLB team the past couple years consistently. Um, They lost Verlander, and I just think the Mariners are going to carry that momentum um, I don't know this. When was the last time the Mariners were in the playoffs? This last year. I think I, la- this last be- year they broke a long Yeah, streak before though. that. Yeah. Before that, though. I don't know. It had been a long time. I'm not sure. But yeah. they, they were like the longest playoff. Probably probably better question. When was the last time they won the AL West? Let me check real quick. Yeah, it's been a long time. I mean, the Astros have been – yeah, the best, the, the for, pinnacle of that right. of that I mean, for years division. Yeah. So that is that is my first bold prediction. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good one. Okay, so you're going with the with the Mariners. I am. Uh, I've got a buddy, huge Mariners fan, uh, Jay Rod. I think he's great. Um, I think they'll be good. Yeah, that, that's a good good call. Uh, what do you got, Jay? All right, I got it. Uh, I got it pulled up here. So the last time that the Mariners won the AL West was 2001. So I would say that's probably a bold prediction. That it, qualifies, I'd, right? I'd, I'd say that's pretty bold. Yeah. They won 116 games that year. That sounds like the, the Atlanta Braves this year. <laughs> Is that bold? No, that's not my bold prediction. Uh, I'll say this, though. Uh, I've actually got, I'm going to predict uh, the World Series. Okay, So you guys are going division winners and playoffs, and I'm going to go World Series, Braves versus Yankees. I'm going Braves versus Yankees. Um, yes, I'm a Braves fan. Um, you know, got seen playing spring training. I I think they're young. Obviously, I know they're young, but they've got some studs. Um, I mean, you got Riley, you got Albies, you got Mike Harris, you got Matt Olson, you got Sean Murphy, you got Max Freed, you got Spencer Strider, you got Rysel Iglesias, and guess who I didn't mention? Ronald Acuna. Uh, I think Ronald Acuna is back to MVP candidate year for the Braves this year, uh, leading them to a World Series. And then look what the Yankees have. I think the Yankees are going to win well over 100 games. Um, their stadium to me is not very fair. <laughs> it's a what is it in right? It's like three hundred five, three hundred ten. It's ridiculous. Um, and 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 for that reason, not alone, but I think they've got a, a really unfair advantage. They hit a ton of homers. I mean, Judge with sixty two. I think Judge. I don't think he'll be as hot, but I think he'll have a great year. But they go Garrett Cole, Carlos Rodon, who they signed, amazing pitcher who's up for the Cy Young. Like good odds right now. Judge, Stanton, Lemayhew, Donaldson, Rizzo, Anthony Volpe. Okay, your Volpe, however you say it. And then that's not even to mention uh, another player that they've got. Um, I'm forgetting his name right now. Uh, Oswald Peraza. Uh, two young guys. Anthony Volpe will probably be their shortstop by the end of the year. Um, but Oswald Peraza is a great high prospect for them as well. The, the, the Yanks are just so good. I think they'll win 105-plus games. Um, I think it'll be Braves versus Yankees World Series. The Yankees are finally going to make it to where they've been trying to get for so long, building really, you know, quote-unquote quote what people say, like a God squad. <laughs> I mean, like every person, power hitters that you can. Um, I think it'll be Braves-Yanks, and I'll take Braves in six. 
There you go. Um, I'm going to go my bold prediction number two. I'm going to talk World Series as well. Um, I'm kind of going a different route in this. My bold prediction is I believe in 2023, a team that has never won the World Series will win the World Series. So if you're unaware, there are six teams who have never won a World Series before. It's the Mariners, Padres, Brewers, Tampa Bay Rays, the Rangers, and the Rockies. Okay, Those teams, they have never won a World Series before. Now, obviously, the Rockies, the Rockies aren't going to do it. So that knocks it down to five. Uh, I think the Rangers uh, had to, they signed DeGrom. They've spent a ton of money the last two offseasons. They can make the playoffs. Uh, if you have someone like DeGrom, you can make some noise. The Brewers have a great rotation. Um, I think the Mariners can make some noise. TK, you were talking about that earlier. Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay. Somehow, some way, they're going to be in the mix. But I could see the Padres, who just have an incredible lineup. They just added Xander Bogarts to Juan Soto, I think, is going to be back to form this year. Uh, I could see them doing it. Uh, so five of these six teams who have never won the World Series before are all going to be probably in the playoff uh, playoff race. I could see this year being a year that one of these six teams finally wins the World Series. So I'm going to say bold prediction, team that has never won will win this year. That, that'll be interesting to see play out. Yeah, I like that, too. that one. I like the Padres. They've got one of my favorite lineups in baseball. Love their lineup. I love Jake Cronenworth. I know it's silly, but I love him. I love that they've got Tatis. I mean, I don't necessarily love Tatis as a player, but I love his talent. Um, Soto. Um, yeah, they're going to be good. And Bogarts now. So, yeah, you're right. And Machado. Goodness gracious. Golly. Padres. They're, 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 they're good. Yeah. Okay, TK, what you got? Second one. I'm going to go Cy Young here. And we were kind of talking about this before we were recording. The AL Cy Young, which... I feel like it's very hard to pick because, well, I feel like Cy Young in general nowadays, there's just so many good starting pitchers out there. But I'm going to go with someone that I feel like should have a bigger radar than he does. Dylan Cease, the number one for the White Sox. He, I believe, finished with a 2.2 ERA last year. This He's going into his fifth year in the bigs, and he's progressively gotten better each year. And I want to say last year he finished second or third in the AL Cy Young voting. So I've got Dylan Cease as the AL Cy Young winner. I like that. I like that too. Um, that's the one that I've been not not sure about for the AL because you've got DeGrom now in the AL. Um, you've got a lot of good pitchers. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Garrett Cole, he's always kind of up there. Uh, high, highest ERA he's had, I think, in his career last year. But he led the league in strikeouts, I think. It was something I saw some kind of battle. I, I don't remember what it was exactly, but I, I think there's a, there's a battle there. Um, NL for me is is a little bit more clear, um, and so like I said, I'm going to break the rules and my um, um, kind of bold predictions here are going to be inclusive uh, because I really wanted to share all of these instead of just one. Uh, I'll go quick. I think my AL MVP is going to be Shohei Otani. I think he's going to do it. I think he proved that he is the best baseball player in the planet uh, in the World Baseball Classic, hitting. Multiple home runs, striking out several, uh, winning multiple games. I think he's going to do it for the AL. Uh, I think the NL, I think Ronald Acuna will be back to full form. I think Ronald Acuna will have a 40-40 year. Uh, I think Ronald Acuna will finally steal 40 bags and hit 40 homers. Uh, I think he will win the MVP. I think he'll be back from that knee. I think he'll bat leadoff again. I've, well, he will bat leadoff. I think Ronald will be back. I think he'll win the NL MVP. 
NL Cy Young, I'm going Sandy Alcantara. Uh, he won one last year. I think he will repeat. He just had a spring training start where he struck out eight straight. I think he's ready to go, ready to roll. Even though the NL has the best pitchers in baseball now, um, I think he will be the guy. And even though he's in the NL East and he faces the best hitters, again, in baseball, yeah, you lost Juan Soto, the most disciplined hitter in the game. You've got really the most loaded division in baseball, I, I think. Uh, AL Rookie of the Year, I'm going Gunnar Henderson. Uh, I know Jay mentioned him from the Orioles earlier. He's going to come and play shortstop for the Orioles. Uh, I think Gunnar Henderson is going to be legit. And then my NL Rookie of the Year is Corbin Carroll. Corbin Carroll, Arizona Diamondbacks, came up for the league a little bit last year. He's going to be my NL Rookie of the Year. Uh, but here's my sneaky AL Rookie of the Year pick. I know I, I'm, I'm going with Gunnar Henderson, but I think Masataka Yoshida will have a great year for Boston. We talked about him earlier. World Baseball Classic, he, sl- he hit over 300. Had a, had a big home run uh, late um, in, I don't know if it was, this, I don't remember if it was semis or the quarters, um, but Masataka Yoshida will be great. He he might even bat lead off for Boston. So he just signed a five-year, I want to say $90 million deal. Um, I think he's 27 or 28 years old, came over from Japan. I think the dude's going to be a beast. So those are my award winners. Um, we'll see what happens. I know that's a lot, but we'll see what happens. There you go. Uh, I like those. I like those. I'm going to go uh, my next bold prediction. I'm going to go also with an award winner. I think Corbin Burns for the Milwaukee Brewers uh, is going to win the NL Cy Young Award this year. He, right now, I'm looking at it, he has uh, the second best odds to uh, lead the league in strikeouts. So, lead the league in strikeouts for the entire season. He also uh, recently this year, there was kind of a contract dispute with him and the Brewers. Uh, he went to arbitration and, and lost. So br- basically the Brewers were like, hey, we think that you are worth less than what you say you are. Uh, I think he is going to come out and, and just, especially him entering into free agency. I'm not sure if he's going to be a free agent next year or the year after. But I think he definitely feels like he's got something to prove. Um, the Brewers are a team built around pitching and defense, and he's he's been great. Like ever since the COVID year 2020, Corbin Burns has been lights out. I think he's going to win the NL Cy Young this year. My next bold prediction, and I've got I've got to do this because I'm a diehard fan. But I'm going the Cleveland Indians Guardians. Sorry, hey, Guardians. watch it, Indians <laughs> Guardians, to win the AL. Um, with the Central, yeah. Sorry, drawing a blank there. The AL Central, and I know we did it last year, but the reason I'm thinking it's a bold prediction is because of the White Sox roster. Their starting lineup: they've got Dylan Cease, who I said I think is going to win the AL Cy Young. They got Lance Lynn, Lucas Giolito, Michael Kopech, who's always been like a great a prospect. Yeah, Mike Clevenger is their fifth. They got him, yeah. 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 Or they kept him, yeah, he's good. And they've got Joe Kelly as their closer and relief pitcher. And then their lineup, they got um, Elvis Andrews, Tim Anderson. I know you all mentioned him on the last episode. Ben Attendee, Luis Robert. I feel like they've just got a really good roster and lineup. And then the Indians, or Guardians, sorry. They watch it. Yep, sorry. They're just a scrappy lineup and just a scrappy team in general. And I... I feel like they're going to do it again. And I feel like that is a bold prediction because of what the White Sox have. That's good. I like that. See, we talked about T.A. Um, I like him. I like Tim Anderson. I like what the White Sox have. Um, 
the Central is really going to be definitely up to them. See, the White Sox always also have uh, Luis Robert, right, or Robert. I don't know how you say that. Yeah. Uh, hadn't been able to be healthy much, uh, but man, they're they're good. Uh, they're really really good. Um, that that'll be that is bold. You guys are going bold, which I like. I like bold. Uh, I think I've got another bold one too, and I'm actually going to go uh, trade predictions. Okay. Uh, I'll say the first two on my list right here. Uh, because Jay, I don't know if you wanted to mention this third one that's here. Uh, and I'll leave that for you because I figured you wanted to mention that one. Uh, you guys will hear it in just a moment. Uh, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say Tim Anderson is traded to the Atlanta Braves. Uh, I know I'm talking a lot of Braves talk, but guess what the Braves don't have? A shortstop. The Braves don't have a shortstop. The Braves have Vaughn Grissom and the Braves have Braden Shoemake. They were battling and battling and battling in spring. And guess who made the roster? Neither of them. Neither of them made the roster. We're rocking with Orlando Arcia to <laughs> on opening day against... The worst pitcher in baseball, Patrick Corbin. That's my quiz question for you guys next week. Okay, worst pitcher, worst starting pitcher in baseball. Uh, no, but rolling with Orlando Arcia at shortstop to start your season is not ideal, um, especially when you've got these two young guys. See, one guy's a better hitter, one guy's a better defender, but they both can't really roll with it. So, as a Braves fan, is this a prediction or a hope? I think it is a prediction because I really finally believe that since now, now I see where you're saying. I see what you're saying. Now, I do hope it as well, okay? But this is what I, I really do believe this, because the Braves have not wanted to spend money on a lot of big guys. Guess what they do? They keep their younger guys and sign them cheaper. Mm -hmm. That's just what we've done. You've probably noticed. Um, like, Ozzie Albies is on a seven-year deal, $35 million. Ozzie Albies, to me, is top seven, five, ba second baseman in the league. For sure. Uh, when he's healthy. He was out a lot last year. Ronald Acuna, 10 years, $100 million. That's not a lot for a guy like Ronald Acuna. Uh, so we signed these guys cheap. We signed Austin Riley already. We signed Matt Olson to a big deal. We signed Sean Murphy to a big deal. We signed everybody to a big deal. We don't have a shortstop. Uh, I think the Braves trade for him. Here's what I think they'll do, though. I think they'll send out Grissom or Shoemake, uh, and I think they'll include Schuster or Dylan Dodd, Jared Schuster, Dylan Dodd, and then more prospects. Now, the Braves have a um, the 30th-ranked prospect system right now because every single prospect is where? in the bigs, uh, but I don't think they have a great haul to send out, but I think they can send a shortstop or two and a couple of really good pitchers. I think maybe Ian Anderson would even be shipped out as well, and sad enough to say it, maybe even Mike Soroka. He's been out with the Achilles the last two years. Maybe they trade him and say, man, we need a shortstop to, to kind of you know just ground it. Uh, and then I'll say the next one, I think Brian Reynolds is finally traded away from the Pirates. Brian Riddles is finally traded. He's asked for a trade. They've held on to him. He's asked for a trade. They've held on to him. I think they'll finally get their reward. I think they'll trade him, though, to a big contender, Astros, Yankees, Dodgers, Mets, the teams that can afford him. Uh, Brian Riddles is going to be gone. He'll be gone at the deadline. I don't think any earlier. Like I think it'll be one of those last-minute moves to a contender. Uh, and, and I think I'll probably, I'll probably go Dodgers. Um, I think I'll go Dodgers um, or Astros, one of the two, because they're always going to be competing for the World Series. Um, I don't think the Yankees will go for him. The Yankees always go for these smaller guys that are, you know, that can do the job. Um, like, didn't they go get Harrison Bader? I think they went and got somebody like him. Last, you know what I mean. Uh, but I think those guys will be traded. So those are a couple bold predictions. I like those. Uh, this This one I mentioned to you guys last night. I really, I think there's a really good possibility of this happening because I don't have uh, very much, uh, I don't have very much confidence in the Angels in the Angels roster. I think Shohei Otani is going to be in a different uniform after the trade deadline. Now I saw a really cool uh, some uh, a quote 
Mike Trout, they were asking him about it. He said this year he's going to try to do whatever he can to keep Shohei an angel. So we, we might see in like Mike Trout's best season. I don't know. Uh, so do you think he struck out on purpose? He might. To, yeah. I, I don't know. New conspiracy we, yeah. theory. Maybe he struck out on purpose to make to, Shohei feel good. Yeah. I don't know. Just something to think I don't about. know. Conspiracy theories now. Uh, WBC conspiracy theories starting here on the podcast. I think uh, Shohei Otani is going to be traded. Uh, if I had to pick a team right now, I'm gonna. I'm just going to pick some drama. I think he will get traded to the Dodgers. I think he's going to swap LA teams. I think he's going to be wearing Dodger blue in August to make a playoff run. He's not going to have to move at all. Uh, he can just switch uniforms and show up to a different stadium there in, there in L.A. The Dodgers have a ton of prospects they can trade. They also love getting a good big-name guy. Uh, I just, I don't know. I could see it happening because I don't have. Uh, I, I could see it happening because I don't have much confidence in the Angels to be contending by the end of the year. Yeah, that's that's bold for sure. That was Jay's watch, by the way. <laughs> this is pretty, which is honest. That was Jay's watch. Gave our our address away. Yeah, gave up our position here. Yeah. So. So, uh, yeah. If you if you were wondering where we record, if you just heard Siri, there is your answer. You're an even now no. All right, CK. Do you have a final, or did we already do three? That was three. That was three. Do you have any others that you just want to throw out there? I do not. Do you? I feel like you do. Uh, well, I want to say, I already said this, but Acuna, 40-40. I think I've also got Corbin Carroll, 20-20. Rookie, 20 bags, 20 homers. Kind of bold. Yeah. Maybe. But, man, hey, it's going to be a great year. Uh, I'm excited for it. Um, man, I could talk bold predictions um, all year. I do also think Shohei's going to be a Dodger. Yeah. They've got the money. He'll be right there. They've also got – I looked at it just a couple days ago. The Dodgers have top five far, uh, farm system, which is remarkable because they've got – Everybody they could ever want. Now, this year, it's going to be more of a down year. Trey Turner's gone. Bellinger, not that he was great the last couple of years. He's gone. Um, so, you know, it'll be unique to see the Dodgers compete. Um, I don't think they'll have as many wins as they normally do, you know, that being that 100 and, what, 10, 100, you know, wherever they're at uh, normally. Um, but I think it'll be a great year. So, man, this has been fun. This has been very fun. Uh, TK, I'm encouraged by you uh, competing with humility. Um, man, this has been awesome. So, man, we're grateful that you have joined us. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that one as well. I'm leaving better than I was when I came in. Uh, I want to learn how to compete with humility and walk with humility and not crush my opponent. Uh, but, man, um, use the gifts that God has given me for his glory, for his kingdom. So, man, uh, it's been awesome. Yeah, it's been awesome, TK. Uh, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Uh, man, I'm, I'm just thankful for uh, the friendship and too thankful uh, for the ways that you serve just in the middle school baseball program. I know those guys look up to you and man, just just thank you for coming and being a part of it. Yeah, no, for sure. I appreciate you guys having my, me on. And I'm just like I said, proud of you guys for doing this. It's just an absolute honor to be a part of it so thank you well thanks man you are the man hey hope you you guys enjoyed this one um here we go episode eight competing with humility you guys have fun see ya